Live from the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios in Knoxville, it's the morning show on Fan Run Radio. Here are your hosts, John Reed and Bob Baskerville. Back in the booth, back on the airwaves. Good morning to you as we broadcast live from the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios. John Reed, Bob Baskerville, Sam Beard. It is the normal last day of February, although tomorrow you will have a leap day. Go ahead and prepare accordingly. The end of February is upon us. It is championship time here in Knoxville. We are down to the stretch run here, and I'm excited for Tennessee basketball. I've been looking forward to this game tonight all week. Bob, how are you, my friend? Good morning. I'm good. I'm good. Feels so nice outside, so nice that you know something's wrong, right? You can feel. I saw the weather this morning, and uh, sounds like stuff's moving in, big stuff here in a few hours, but. Still nice to get up to that. I got to tell you, I feel good. How about you? My eyes itch and I can't breathe. <laughs> but I'm here and I'm pumped up. Samuel, good morning. Good morning, John. Uh, I'm feeling pretty solid. Feeling pretty solid. My eyes aren't itching. Um, I'm right there with Bob. Feels great outside. I, I walked out of my door. I was like, man, this is this is strange. Feels it's like 70 degrees already in the morning. I'm I'm. I've gotten acclimated to like the 25, so I'm, I'm pumped about this weather. Um, went and got myself a little haircut yesterday, knocked a couple things off the to-do list, so I'm ready for tonight's game. Oh wow! I'm, I'm, you're gonna sit here and brag to my face about getting a haircut? <laughs> That's what you're gonna do? It's not a brag. Just a, just a task. Well, I'm happy that you're in a good mood. The legs are out today. Yeah. It's short season. I think we all had the same idea. Showing up, knees out. Me and Bob going to bump into each other on accident here <laughs> under the table. Well, Just a little bare leg to bare leg action. The, the one thing I was listening a little bit, you know, as you call it, watching a little game film, I was listening to yesterday's show a little bit, and uh, I think you mentioned you you, you were kind of surprised you came <laughs> you came in with pants on. And I was like, whoa. You go back and listen to the show? Well, not often, but I did yesterday for a little bit. Were you trying to break down our argument? I didn't even let – I didn't even I, – I fast-forwarded through the argument. <laughs> okay, good. I didn't know if you were stewing and trying to rewind no. and be like, oh, this is where <clears throat> – Actually, what I really wanted to hear was the whole uh, – <clears throat> I don't know why, but the Bronny James portion at the beginning of the show. Um, just because I thought – actually, that turned into what we would call in the business like good flow. We were talking about – Bruce Dern and his daughter, and then we went right into LeBron and his son, and you know, big name people with kids that have uh, followed their footsteps. I believe you killed off Bruce Dern on the show. I thought he was dead. He's not. Though, He's not he? dead. Yeah, I think he killed him off, but he is still alive and kicking at eighty-seven. <laughs> yeah, that surprised me. I saw that too. Despite you trying to put him in the dirt, 
Well, that was more out of honor than trying to send him away. Yeah, I had a couple people, or at least one guy that, that loves movies. It's like, he's still alive. <laughs> he's still alive. Tell Bob. I was like, I'll, I'll get to it. Yeah. Yeah, I caught it. That was my bad. It's okay. If he's listening, I'm sure he understands. <clears throat> yeah. Bruce, I, I speak for the for Bob and the rest of the morning show, and I say we're sorry if you were hurt. I spoke very respectively, uh, respectfully of his craft. He's a good one. And thankfully, he's still alive. Maybe he's got one more in him. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Maybe he gets him another award. You come out and you put a good performance on at 87, who knows? The Academy's going to love it. It's 87? Yeah. 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 Still alive, though. Yeah. Still alive. Still kicking. So you went back and listened. I, I did not go back and listen. I don't ever go back and listen, really. I don't like hearing my voice. Cue the five people in the audience. It's like, yeah, hell yeah, I agree. <laughs> First good thing John's ever said. <laughs> Shut up. I kind of agree with that. When I was cutting up the best of yesterday, I was like, Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My voice did that to you, too. Well, that was great. <laughs> well, well no, been... I mean, just any, the whole thing, you know, just hearing myself as well. Well, honestly, I've been working, and I, I've decided I'm just going to quit masking my real voice, and this is – I'm going to just go back to how I naturally talk. I'm tired of having to to mask the real me. So from now on, we're going back to, to how I actually sound. I think you sound basically the same. It'll catch up to you in a second, buddy. All right? <laughs> okay. You'll be like, oh, there it is. I hear the difference now. <laughs> but, I mean, I'm glad you're having a great Wednesday so far today. I, I slept pretty good. I stayed up watching some some more Miami Heat. I'm becoming a Miami Heat fan because you could get Miami Heat money line with Vols money line today at, like, minus 110. Mm. So I was like, okay, if I go ahead and get this first leg out of the way, then I could go to the game and, and have the Vols basically a, a normal money line bet because they open up as five-and-a-half-point favorites. It's championship season here in Knoxville, and I'm fired up. I'm ready to go. But before that, I did sit around and watch some Deal or No Deal last night. Have you guys watched the new episode, the, the new iteration of the show yet? No. no. <laughs> They've brought it back, Bob. I know. Uh, it's that Joe Mangiello dude that's hosting. Yeah. It. Yeah. I saw that. And is he still with uh, Sofia Vergara? Did they break up? To my understanding, although I will acknowledge I don't really keep up with, with his life too much, there's, there's certain celebrities I keep up with their, their lives, but he's not one of them. He was good in Magic Mike. I liked him in True Blood, you know, the, the couple seasons I watched of that. I like the guy. I was surprised to see him hosting Deal or No Deal, kind of as the, you know, the, the liaison of the banker. But they, they've revamped it. They've taken him to an island now, Bob. I saw that. Uh, yeah, I've I seen saw this the commercial. Promo. And I saw he's cleaned up. Well, cleaned up's not the right word. He just got his hair cut, it looks like. Yeah, I mean, he's not got the scruff going or anything. He, he's the presentable TV host now. But it was a surprising choice. I guess the acting roles aren't really – lining up for him. I don't know how good of an actor he actually is. But they take him to an island now, and it's, like, mixed in with Survivor. You know, they got Boston Rob there, you know, one of the Survivor goats, and he's playing, and, and next thing I know, they're competing for briefcases out in the mud, and this poor old woman who's, like, you know, in her late 60s, I guess, is out there having to crawl through mud trying to get a case, and she can't do it, and it, I thought she was going to drown out there. And then, you know, if you get the lowest case... You you are up for elimination, or you have to go try to beat the banker. And I'm like, what the hell's going on here? 
And then, like, if you beat the banker, then you get to vote somebody out just by yourself. You get to pick one of your castmates to go home. But if you lose to the banker, you go home. And I'm like, okay, I under- I appreciate that someone was sitting around for, like, the last decade. Like, you know what we need to bring back? Deal or no deal. But it's got to be a little spiced up. We can't just have people standing out in front of a, a damn wall and having fake phone calls with uh, – you know, with some analytics that are spitting out numbers. Let's spice it up. Let's create some personal drama in it and try to bring it back. Because the, the the phrase deal or no deal is kind of cool, right? And the concept of either smashing the button or, you know, flipping it over. That's kind of cool. But my problem with the show, in case anybody is out there is wondering what John's thoughts are on, on deal or no deal. Bob, it doesn't matter how good you do in the game. Like when you're trying to beat the banker, because it just comes down to whether or not you've taken a good deal. That's the only thing that matters at the end is whether or not you've taken a good deal. And if you if you got one over on the banker, you get to stay. But if you did a bad deal, you go home. So let's say you get all the small cases removed and you got all these big numbers remaining. He's like, hey, I offer you seven hundred thousand dollars, and you're like, deal, okay, I take it. And then you open it up and you got the million dollar case. You go home despite kicking the game's ass. So that would be my one critique in case Joe is listening and can get back to the producers in time for season two. But I sat and watched some Deal or No Deal last night. Sounds like just three shows in one. Yeah. Like Survivor and Squid Game mixed in with Deal or No Deal. Sounds like a lot to manage. It did seem like it was a little busy, Bob. I will acknowledge that. And, and, you know, I I do appreciate there's a new trend in reality TV. I'm a a reality TV guy, and they're – there's a new trend where they're always bringing back at least one celebrity. Or, like, when I say celebrity, I use that loosely. Like, Boss and Rob, you know, not really a celebrity, but known in reality TV circles. It's what Traders did in season two. It was all people you know. So I guess that they realize there's some some benefits of continuity and not having just, you know, 20 new people that you don't really care about. That was my reality TV hour. What'd you do yesterday? What did I do? It was kind of a busy day. We had a. We had a meeting uh, down at the new joint for the radio station. Yeah, it was tough for uh, Houston and Houston and Russell. Not the best, <laughs> not the best uh, angles of them. Yeah. Not very photogenic in that picture. We didn't have the full lighting set up for them. Yeah, they were looking at the wrong camera. I kind of thought that was on purpose. It was like taking a big bite out of a cake, even though it's still about a half hour to go in the oven. Yeah. It's like, you don't you do not do that. But. Yeah, but I got to be honest, I enjoyed seeing them getting roasted a little bit. <laughs> it makes us look better. Yeah. We're the handsome ones of the of the oh, station now. There's no doubt. We got that going for us. We don't we don't have a picture on the line, online where people wrote back with the guy with no neck from that show. <laughs> I felt bad for Houston when I saw that. I was like, oh, come on. He's got a neck. I see it every day. Well, then they did the close-up of Russell, and it did look like he was being like held against his will or something in the picture. He looked uneasy. Yeah, know. but it was funny. It, it was. was funny. It, it was funny. The, stu- it- the studio, like you said, 85% done, 90% done. It's not going to be the the final look whenever it's done, but it is getting close, and I do think it's exciting yes. that it is getting close. And I get it. They were, they're were they they're happy that it's almost time, so they just got out there and did it so good for them but uh so we had that meeting and then uh i had a i had a lunch meeting i had to do and uh did that and then came back and did a little 
work around the house hung out with my dog a little bit because I, I feel like in this new world that i'm in uh, the 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 I was going to say the person in my life, but the thing in my life that's getting the least love that's been compromised maybe is my dog. I'm not spending enough time with him. So, or her. What am I saying? It's a, Her name's Trudy. You, you've, you've, it's early, man. You've been away so long you forgot your dog was a, <laughs> it was a girl. Was a girl. Yeah. So, anyway, it was, uh, it was just stuff like that. It was kind of nice, actually. The afternoon, it was busy up until about 2 o'clock, and then it slowed down, which felt good. And then I hit the gym last evening a little spin class stretched out so yeah it was a good day no matter how old i get i still will think of every dog as a boy and every cat as a girl really yeah yeah i mean i understand obviously that there are female dogs and and male cats but in my mind every dog is a boy and every cat is a girl so you calling your dog a boy yeah despite trudy being a girl's name obviously it's not that surprising. No. I've never had a girl dog, really. I mean, we had we had a duo, you know, two Cocker Spaniels at home that were, like, male and female. And actually, I think brother and sister, and they kept having puppies. And I was like, Dad, please get these dogs fixed. Like, stop it. These little inbred dogs running around. And, you know, one's got six legs. And I'm like, that's not supposed to have six legs. And so I guess that was technically a female dog but it wasn't mine it was my dad's it was just around whenever i'd come around and visit and stuff but i've never had a a lady dog only boy dogs for me six legs actually it was inbred sam yeah (laughs) except one of the legs was growing out of its head seriously no bob no my dog didn't have six legs not seriously that'd be great i know i was like no it wouldn't it'd be a cool (laughs) story i don't know you got these farm stories man who knows it'd be a great story it's hard to tell I've seen some weird things, but n- n- never a six-legged dog. Many, many three-legged dogs, but yeah. not extra legs would be awesome on a dog. Not if it was growing out of its head. What <laughs> if it was just like in the middle of the <laughs> two hind legs? You know, like I still think it would be weird. I couldn't imagine like a fully functioning leg growing out of its head. But yeah, you know, yeah, a leg out of the like, head is too much for me. But like but a like, growth <laughs> or something that you know that that stuff that's very plausible, I would think. And then I locked into basketball last night, Kentucky. The Hawks, the Heat, watched a lot of basketball. We'll start diving into it. It's championship season here in Knoxville. It's the morning show on Fan Run Radio. Good morning. It's Teddy Floyd, traffic building right now on Pimblesby. Tennessee, Auburn tonight inside of Thompson Bowling Arena at Food City Center. Feel the excitement. It's a stretch run we've been waiting for the final four games. It is now time to go out and accomplish your goals. Tennessee controls its own destiny, in my opinion. Tennessee controls its own destiny. You win the SEC championship by winning out, of course. I also think going 4-0 gets you a one seed. I guess that's the thing about college basketball. I guess every team could say they control their own destiny ultimately, right? Like, hey, even if you're like 6-25 and right now, if you win out, you are the national champion. 
you, you do technically control your own destiny, I guess, but Tennessee controls it for the conference title and for getting the elusive number one seed that has eluded Tennessee for its entirety of a as a program. Which I think gives you a pretty big leg up on your quest for a Final Four and even a national championship. All that is right ahead of you, and it begins tonight. Tennessee, last I saw, five-and-a-half-point favorites. Bob, your thoughts? Doesn't get much bigger. This We've been talking about it already, these uh, last four games. Incredibly important, and you're right. They, they control their destiny, and... At the same time, it feels to me that if we've talked about whether we think they could go 4-0 or 3-1 and and what their prospects would be to still win the conference if they were 3-1, and if that one loss is tonight, they're in trouble, I think. I think that's going to be hard because of what Auburn has in front of them with their schedule. So this is – they're all big games, but there's a lot of ways you could look at it. This one's the biggest um, right? because it's the first one and also – the other intangibles, it's Bruce coming back home. It's, you know, a team that, that Barnes has had a little bit of trouble with over the you know past few seasons. We've got that game to point to. Uh, the last Auburn game here, I believe, was the one that was like uh, – felt like a tooth extraction. I mean, it was – 46 to 48, I think. Yeah, it was rough. It was rough. So, uh, yeah, it's this is, uh, this is a big one tonight. Don't forget Steven. <laughs> yes. Yes. Stephen Pearl. Coach in waiting. I don't know why I so confidently said 46 to 48. It was 46 to 43. Even worse. I, I gave us five too many points in the game. <clears throat> and I, for, I, I haven't looked at it, but I, as I recall, I mean, the first half score was – I mean, they actually turned it up a little, I thought, in the second half to make it that final score. But I don't recall for sure. Yeah, it was 23 to 19 at halftime. <sighs> God. Tennessee scored 23 in both halves, so we were consistent. But Auburn Auburn played a little bit better in the second half and scored five more points. But, no, you're exactly right, Bob. This is a bigger game than Tennessee-Alabama in, in terms of, well, that feels, that feels wrong to say. But, I mean, if you lose tonight, you're not winning the SEC championship. I do feel confident about that. Yeah. If you win tonight and lose at Alabama, I think you, have a, you still have a better chance of winning. The SEC championship. So, yeah, no, this game is bigger, which is weird because, you know, it's the team you're tied with this weekend versus the team you're ahead of going into tonight. But, but yeah, you, you got to win tonight. It's bigger than the one against Alabama. Not from a national, like, seeding standpoint, I don't think. Going on the road is going to carry more weight than, than being at home, but also being at home puts more pressure on you. If you lose Saturday at Alabama, I think people understand it's tough to win in college basketball. If you lose tonight at home to your former coach who has who has kind of kicked your ass, that that's deflating. I think he's beat you seven of the last nine times. That's right. That's what I saw too. You're you're two and seven against Coach Pearl. That uh, 
It's not good, obviously. It's bad. Now, you have won two of the last three. You, you've won two in a row in Knoxville. You're getting a little bit of a, a scheduling quirk where you get three of four in Knoxville, which is nice. You got to take advantage of it. This is a scheduling benefit. It's a huge game tonight. I assume you're going to be in the building, Bob. Absolutely. Absolutely. Did you say you were? I am. I, I plan on being in the building. Sam? Yeah, I think I am going to be there. Wow, the morning show going to be representing. What do you mean you think? You don't know? You don't know about is it got class I mean, or something? I, yeah, I've a got tickets? a ticket. I just haven't really talked to my buddies yet, but I'm sure they'll be going, so we'll go. Would you go alone? Probably not. Why not? I'd probably rather just watch it with like a nice dinner in front of myself on, at my TV if I'm just going alone, if I'm being quite honest. You're too old to be thinking that way. Or wait, wait, wait. wait. Too You're young. too young to be thinking that way. You're not <laughs> old enough to be thinking that way. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. This could be a court storming opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to get arrested. Yeah, I know. I don't think it's a court storming no, opportunity. I'm, I'm yeah. It's... But it's a chance for you to make some new friends. Yeah. Maybe find a lover. Sure. <laughs> you know, maybe create a, a core memory of, uh, you know, of your at least your senior year. Yeah, I mean, I'll be going. I'll be going. I think we just guilted him into it. He's going. I don't know. We said that, He said that about LSU, and he ended up going. Right? Was it LSU or was it South Carolina? South Carolina. Yeah, which maybe was a good thing, or maybe you would have made the difference. Maybe you would have been True. there, and, and, and the boys would have played better. True. We haven't lost to a game I've been to so far. Well, there you go. No, oh, A&M, too. You blew that off. Yeah. Too much golf. You just you just start vault up, Sam? <laughs> you got these free tickets at your disposal. You just can't be bothered to go to the stadium? I guess. You don't want to go to the arena and watch the A&M the game, in my defense, I was too late to the – I was my tee time ended way too close to my the start of the game. Well, I, I know that's what it's called, but I, it always just makes me cringe when people say my tee time. <laughs> My golf appointments, my, my tea time. What do you want me to say? I don't know. My it's r- not you. My round. My yeah, round my round. That would probably have been a little better. I was playing golf is what I would want you to say. Sure. Was, we were a little late playing golf. I was golf. finishing up my round, yeah. Yeah, I was, sure. I was playing golf. That's all you got to say. Okay. I, I know you didn't create the phrase, my tea time, but it, it always just it irks me. My round of the majestic game <laughs> ended too late. My tea time. Anyways, so yeah, you you weren't there for A&M. Now you look up. You only got two games left of your college career, by the way. I don't know why this bothers me more than it bothers you. Yeah, I feel like I've graduated like twice already. That's kind of my big problem. Okay. Like I lived next to seniors when I was a junior, and I was friends with all them, so I kind of like graduated with them, and then all my buddies left last year, and then now I'm here in my fifth year doing, you know, sports management major and all that stuff redoing another year of school so i'm just kind of feel like i've run like three victory laps by now fair enough i can relate i remember at the end like the last semester that's all i wanted to do was be done and get out i mean i I still absolutely love free basketball games like i'm sure i'm positive next year i'm gonna be kicking myself like man just go back to school and get some more free tickets. <laughs> well, I understand not being fired up for South Carolina at the time. I understand for not moving around your tea time to, to watch Texas <laughs> A&M on a Saturday night. I get that. But we're, we're talking about 
a top ten matchup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's or nothing least, better to do on a Wednesday. You know, I don't know where Auburn comes in ranked. Where are they ranked in the AP poll right 11. now? Yeah, but like a top ten matchup when you look at the metrics and such. Top eleven matchup in the AP polls. That's a big deal. Yeah, it's a big deal. Does Bruce mean anything to you? Um. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe not like as much, but it, he means something to me. Okay. I didn't know if, if how aware you were of Tennessee basketball. Definitely was aware, but not like passionate yet. I feel sure. like, yeah. Okay. Means a lot to me. I mean, that's oh, kind yeah. of the first. Yeah, I'm sure. Or at least the second. You know, like because I, I cared about the Jerry Green teams, Tony Harris teams, and such. I, I really liked those as a as a young boy. But you know, of course, then there was a dead period with Buzz before you got the. The revitalization, the resurrection of the program with with Bruce. So I mean, there's a lot of people that he holds a special place in their heart. I I'm not that way at this point. I, I appreciate the memories, but I, I don't like Bruce anymore. There's a lot of people out there that still love him and want him to be the coach here. I, yeah, I'm not there. You're He's, not in the camp of wanting. No, him back. no, no, no. I mean, I wanted him back when Conzo was here. Sure, but not like after Barnes. Right. No. 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 Conzo, I was like, sure, like that was more so like I just want Conzo gone, and like Bruce was coming off of his punishment. You're like, okay, yeah, like this guy wants to be here, and at that point, you kind of worried about the state of your program moving forward, like if you were going to just die as a program. Which I was thinking that last night during the Kentucky game of just I was looking at Mississippi State's record, and I was like, ugh, un-, you know, basically right at 500 in SEC play. That's disgusting, and I was like, I would hate to go back to that to where you're like, oh. We're 19 and 12 and, you know, 8 and 8 in the SEC. That's pretty solid. We can go spoil someone here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like we're, we're on the bubble. Like we got to win at home. These home games really matter and blah, blah, blah. It's nice not to worry about that. And and that's where we're, you know, Barnes has gotten us solidified to where we're looking at championships and one seeds and not bubbles and and trying to get a double bye, you know, trying to avoid a certain matchup on Thursday, if not, because, hey, we got to have at least one win in the SEC tournament if we're going to make it. That was our life under Conzo. So, like, yeah, I was – I don't know if I actually signed the petition. I might have. I've been, like, 12 – or not 12, 22 at the time. You would sign a petition right now, probably, if you were sure. in that position. You're a young boy. It takes five seconds. Yeah, it takes five <laughs> – exactly. It takes five seconds, and, you know, whatever. You were fed up. What about you, Bob? Um, as far as what? As far as Bruce having a place in your life. <clears throat> I was very appreciative of what he he resurrected this program. There's no question about it. And it was fun, but I think people would also tend to forget there were some real train wreck parts of seasons with him as coach, too. We had him, uh, particularly towards the end. Um, so as much, I've never really pined for him to be back I definitely was not loving the years with Conzo even though they made the sweet 16 it felt like it was awfully hard to get there and um, harder than you would think it would be with that much talent Um, and and certainly then you know the Tyndall year I actually think Donnie Tyndall was a good coach like an X's and O's coach I think he's a great X's and O's coach yeah but there was just obviously there was some uh there was some baggage that we uh, didn't vet at the beginning, and um, so I always feel that we were fortunate to get someone of Barnes's caliber in here. And we'll hear it if Tennessee happens to lose tonight, man. You'll hear all of a sudden there's they'll be coming out of the woodwork again that you know Bruce is Bruce. That should be Bruce here. You know, I'm just he's 
I don't want to say he's dead to me, but I have no desire for him to be back here. I, I really don't. No, yeah, I mean, I, I that is that ship has sailed for me. You know, even if Rick Barnes retired tomorrow, I wouldn't say go get Bruce back. Right. I, I'd be, you know, I wouldn't be on that in that camp. You'll have some people in the fan base that even if Tennessee wins by fifty points tonight, will still say they won. There was we had Bruce a caller back. on the Sunday show that I still do um, that brought it up that if Barnes either a retires because of a you know they get to the final four or maybe win it all uh, or b if you know he has another you know run in the tournament that's short you know just a game or not you know or two maybe uh do we start looking for a new coach and wouldn't we be looking at bruce pearl that came up and i was just like I, I guess but i i just i don't get it that's all now with that being said sam if if you know Barnes does win a national championship, retires, and they did hire Bruce. I wouldn't like be upset about it, but I wouldn't be like pining for it. I wouldn't be leading the charge for it or anything. Right. But if it if it happened, like oh, okay, that's cool. You know, because I mean, he is a good coach. Yeah. What he's done at Auburn is is kind of remarkable. I mean, Auburn basketball has has pretty much been a nothing for the entirety of its existence, or at least since Charles Barkley. I know they had a couple years in the '90s, I believe, where they were pretty good. But outside of that, the 20 years before. Bruce got there, the maybe the 15 years before he got there, they were pretty much an afterthought, a laughingstock. I mean, there's all those statistics you can point to. I agree with what you just said. And there's all those statistics you can point to as well that um, what he did at Tennessee, what he's done at Auburn, that's what he excels at. He's like, a, to me, he's like a premier marketer, you know, of, of, a, of a program and great recruiter, all of those things. X's and O's coach, some people think he's elite. I don't fully agree i know he's got barnes's number and i know they got to a final four but i've also seen instances where he's gone up against other coaches and you know uh, mark few comes to mind kevin o'neill comes to mind uh those guys would just you know run circles around him in games and for in terms of game plan etc um the other thing too is again we know he got he got auburn to a final four um, and it's been pretty well chronicled, but I don't have it in front of me. But if you look at his tournament performance or Auburn's tournament performance the past couple of years, uh, it's pretty much early exits. Yeah, they've been disappointing. They've been disappointing. But, you know, I don't want to go and just call him just a marketer at this point because he is in year 10 at Auburn. At Tennessee, God, you that's could, hard to believe. Yeah, at Tennessee, you could say that, like, hey, you know, it was easy to come in here and – and just play an exciting brand of basketball. And, and you could say that it wasn't really sustained at Tennessee. You know, the last year was not good. I mean, you were 19 and 14 heading into the tournament, and then we're one and done. So I know, I know there were suspensions and, and dealing with that fallout, but it's kind of crazy that 19 and 14, you were what, like an eight seed in that tournament? Yes. Yeah. Or nine eight, seed, whatever it was, it was an eight, eight nine eight, matchup, it right? It was, yeah. So like it's, that's kind of crazy that 19 and 14 got you to be that seed and rather than like, you know little bit lower in the play-in situation but at Auburn like if he'd have left after the final four you could say okay yeah he just did kind of the same marketing thing and he went to somewhere bigger and better but I give him credit Auburn hasn't been aesthetically pleasing at all times like last year I thought that team was pretty rough and and that wouldn't have been a very exciting team to watch if you're an Auburn fan you wouldn't really have liked that team but you know he's had He's had them in the top ten two of the last three years. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's three years removed from the Final Four. Like, he, he has sustained that and kept them as an elite program, so at least in the conference. I, I don't want to call him just a marketer at this point because 
I do feel like he's he, he deserves a little bit better than that with the way he sustained them. Yeah, all of that to say they can come in tonight and take Tennessee out for sure. I mean, we this is you know. Uh, you got to believe that he will have them very, very wound up to play in Knoxville. I think the crowd's going to be wound up to have him back, too. Like I think yeah. there's a little bit of, a, hey, you used to be here. Respect for what you've done, but we want to beat you. And we really want to beat this team. And I don't, I don't like Auburn's basketball program. I find them to be pretty annoying. Yes. They, they, get, they irk me. They've got a very uh, unlikable kid. I've talked about it before. Not KD. Of course, we know about KD Johnson, but Chad Baker-Mazzara is another one who's a good player, but he is always yapping with players, with refs, and he's. I think he's getting more run now. I think he might be the starter if Jalen Williams is not starting. So Yeah, the last update on Jalen Williams was that he was making the trip to Knoxville, but some college basketball insiders had him – is very doubtful is what they were saying. They said they did not think he was going to play, but he's just going to okay. come with the team, make the trip. So, you know, you might be getting a undermanned Auburn team. But I expect it to be a hornet's nest tonight inside of Thompson Bowling Arena at Food City Center. I, I want to see a really good crowd. I, you know, I expect it to be a true sellout, not just an announced sellout, but one that's got sellout vibes to it where it's loud the entire time despite how Sam is no-selling it as a student. Nah, I could take it or leave it. I'd rather eat my, my Hungry Man dinner right in front of the TV and have my tray out and, you know, sit there on eat, my lazy boy. eat my beans and, and, and watch, my, watch my tube. Got the folding TV tray in front of him. Yeah, I'd rather sit at home and have a good meal rather than – Pound some drinks. Pound some drinks and go race some hell like a a twenty two year old man should. Not be talking about your TV dinner and and sitting there and watching at home. The comfort from my own couch, you know, it's it's, it's, just this crowds really get to me. I don't really like being out in big crowds. Such a hassle to get back home. Then you gotta wait in line in the bathroom. I'd rather sit at home and watch it. (laughs) Typically, I agree. But not for the big game. Not big game, John. Yeah. The big game still get me going. Yep. Texas A&M, no. Like you know, Bob offered me tickets to Vanderbilt the week before. I was like, nah, I'm good. I'm like, I don't want to go because there is some truth to that. I'd rather watch it on TV, be at home, be able to do something else. But not for the big games. The, I have not lost my love for that, and it's sad to me, Sam, that at 22 you're already <laughs> weighing the cost of a free ticket of getting to the nah, getting to the game. It's only if one of my buddies want to go. I'm sure a lot of my buddies are going to be going. I just haven't I haven't texted them yet. Make new friends. Yeah, I love my buddies. Well, I got I'm not a, saying, I got plenty of them. I'm not saying the cut game. them off. I'm not saying get rid of your old buddies. Do you have a finite number of people in your circle? Can no. is it a are, is it a club situation? One in <laughs> one in one out type of thing? Like sorry, we're at capacity. I've got the little clicker. Yeah, yeah. I've got sorry, the I got counter. 14 friends and I got to wait for one falling out before I bring in somebody else. Uh, nope, 12. Let's go make a friend. Have a couple drinks. <laughs> I you tend know. to agree. Go just walk, saddle up to somebody at the game and go, hey, I'm Sam. What's okay. up? Well, don't do that. Don't be like, hey, I'm Sam, but just, you know, you you sit there, have a couple drinks, loosen up. You know, you don't want you going there with any social anxiety, but first well, big play, you know. Big, <laughs> I don't need to have a couple a couple white claws in me. Just there to, you go. I don't I mean, have to. You don't have, you don't, well, I would want to, personally. Like, I some people are a little socially awkward, and yeah, despite I mean, my charisma here, you know, again, with, with strangers, 
I don't necessarily like bothering them either. Now, sometimes I will, and at a game, maybe it's a little bit different. But don't be like, "Hey, I'm Bob. Nice to meet you." Don't don't do that. Don't don't do that. But wait till the first big play, and you know, you start giving out high fives. Sure. Yeah. Start sure, giving sure, out. Be sure. high five guy. I get it. The person that sits in front of me, where my tickets are. We've kind of become game buddies, right? Yeah. I'll be a high-five guy. I'm not a social guy at any sporting event. Well, I no, but that's how I don't guys like become to make friends. conversation. No, that's yeah, how sure. guys become friends. You just give a couple high-fives. <laughs> yeah, that's then, true. That's, and then maybe like, true. hey, it's going to be tough for you, but be like, hey, you know, you, you're going anywhere after the game? Or are we <laughs> celebrating that? Now, it might be a little tough for you because, you know, you got to get back and yeah. morning show takes precedent to your, your friend-making ability. But all it takes for to be friends in a game is just a couple high-fives, man. No, yeah. I, can, I, can, I can dish out some high-fives for sure. I'm a vibes guy at games, Here. but I'm not a huge, like, hey, man, like, where are you from? You <laughs> well, know? I'm not like, saying I'm not... do that. <laughs> no, do this, though. High-five and then say, hey, I'm on the radio. Yeah, that yeah. would go well, right? Hey, you ever heard me before? <laughs> yeah, I'm Sam. You might have heard me. <laughs> like, oh yeah, we hate that show. <laughs> oh yeah, you're that old college kid that they talk about, huh? They you're the loser. I didn't want to be here. I don't want to be friends with you. Aren't you guys? Yeah, aren't you guys going to that studio? It looks like a prison. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <sighs> oh, God. Just throw out some high fives. Be vibe guy. I'll be vibes guy. Maybe pump up the crowd, yeah. look around a couple times. Yeah. There you go. Just go by yourself. You don't need to. You don't need to worry about your friends. Again, I'm not saying get rid of your friends. I'm saying make new memories. That's it. It's a big game tonight. It is a big game. I'm not denying that. Eight six five five four six eighty two hundred. If you want to weigh in on any of the Bruce Pearl conversation as he comes back to Knoxville. Tenth year as Auburn, so I mean he's more of an Auburn coach than a Tennessee coach now. He is. I didn't realize that. That's time's flying. Yeah, yeah. Huge game tonight. We'll continue the conversation on the other side. It's the morning show on Fan Run Radio. Gigantic game tonight. I'm pumped. I'm fired up. Bob, how do you think we fare? Five and a half point favorites. It just got bumped. It just got bumped? Six and a half. Up to six and a half, a full point bumpage? Yep. Well, I was listening to our boy Eli Herskovich and his podcast, supporting him and, you know, listening to him and trying to get some insight in college basketball yesterday as I was riding around. And I was surprised they were all projecting, like, basically a coin flip. I was surprised. Like, wait, what? And there was some momentum that they thought the spread was going to be, like, two, two and a half. And I was like, hold on a second. What? Because I I mean, I was arguing with my friends, and I was saying, like, it's not going to be lower than, than five is what I was saying. And then it came out at five and a half. I was like, okay, that's what I was thinking. Because I felt like I was dumb. I was like, I understand that, you know, you're pretty close to the Ken Palm ranking, but, but – Home court advantage just matters so much, especially when you weigh in a potential injury to an important player for Auburn. So it's about exactly where I thought it was going to be. I am a little surprised that the steam is on Tennessee, though. I would have thought that maybe you hang up a five-and-a-half number and people see a top top 11 Auburn team that, that's pretty close to Tennessee and, and bet it maybe down instead of up. Tennessee getting a lot of respect here. I'd say so. Um I still believe we've we've been talking about this uh, on and off over the last few days, building up to tonight. I still think Tennessee wins the game. Um, 
whether they cover that spread, I, God, I'd love to see it. I'd love to see them. I'd love to see them win by double digits, but I, for some reason, I, I don't know if they got, if that's in them tonight. I just think Bruce will throw everything at them, and I think it's going to be a relatively close game. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I don't know how many Tennessee fans would have the confidence to actually lay six and a half points right. against this Auburn team. Yeah. It's going to be ugly. Is there a chance Tennessee could win by double digits? Sure. Tennessee, when they do win, typically has has won by multiple possessions, as Eli calls it. Like, Tennessee hasn't really been in any close games so far this year. At least one possession games. Like, you know, of course, Purdue is a little close. And what's Tennessee's closest win so far? Georgia? In terms of games where you actually sweat, like, in the final, like, two minutes? Like, is there anything else I'm missing um, I guess Michigan State, if you go back all the way to, you know, the exhibition, because that was like late free throws that won that game. Or late free throw, I believe. Gainey missed one and Honest, hit one. Honestly, Missouri. Okay. Uh, I'm just sitting here looking at it, and, yeah, Missouri and Georgia could say those are kind of a toss-up, similar margins of victory. Um, yeah, you had kind of taken – I'm trying to remember the Missouri game because you had kind of taken control of the Georgia game, which was crazy because you were down double digits and then you were up like five or six points with like a minute left. So it wasn't like you had to go down to the exact wire. What was the Missouri – no, Missouri wasn't down to the wire, right? Because you had a double-digit lead against Missouri, right? You were up 13 with yeah, like two minutes left. And then, you know, yeah, that's got true. got quote-unquote close, but they hit a three at the very end to they make hit it a, five. Right, they did do that. So, yeah, I was just looking at margin of victory. Um, so, I think it would be Georgia. Yeah. Because everyone else you've kind of beaten down, like, especially recently, just running through the recent games, 35 points against A&M, five against Missouri, but we kind of laid out that, you know, you had a pretty big lead there. 35 against Vandy, 29 against Arkansas, 20 against LSU, 11 against Kentucky. Kentucky got down to, like, what? what? How close did that game get? Was it eight? Was that as close as they got kind of down That's the right. stretch? Um, yeah, it's seven or eight. And, yeah. And had the ball, but then never got closer. You know, you you beat Vanderbilt by 13, Bama by 20, Florida by 19, Georgia by six, Ole Miss by 20, uh, 26. And then, yeah, your nine conference games. I guess NC State gave you a little bit of a sweat. That was – that one felt closer than the the final margin. Right. Right. Same a little bit as Illinois. Yep. Illinois, you ended up beating by seven points, but they made you sweat. That was a close game. But it's been a while, right? In conference play, you've either been on the, the right side or the wrong side of a blowout, kind of. It's, it's how it's felt. I don't come into the night expecting that. I come into the night kind of expecting a, a battle. Maybe it, it plays out like the Alabama game last year where you're kind of in control, but you're you're always kind of sweating. Because, like, Alabama was down, like, I think five or six last year and turned the ball over. Tennessee, what? They only won by, like, not only, but they won by, like, nine last year, I thought, against Bama. Something Maybe. Like that. But I, I remember, like, with a minute left, like, yeah. it might have been Sears that tried, like, a behind-the-back dribble and lost it when they were oh, down, like, I, five or so. I, I'm with you. I, I never thought that that thing was in hand until, like, you know, 20, 30 seconds left. Just maybe, so, yeah, maybe today feels a little bit like that. Maybe. 
But I think we all expect a win tonight, right? Like, is anybody predicting Auburn pulls an upset tonight? Nah, not me. Sam, are you thinking it's going to be a, a battle, a a game where Auburn likely covers and keeps it close, or do you think Tennessee comes out and kind of makes a statement like they have been doing in a lot of these SEC games? Yeah, I think this one's going to be a battle. Um, you know, I, I think that this, you know, it goes back to just how, what y'all have been saying, how how close this Auburn team has just played, these Rick Barnes, Tennessee teams. Um, you know, I, I still think that Auburn's fighting for a lot, obviously, kind of still kind of coming off of that, embarrassment I think to Kentucky you know they get right with Georgia but I still think they're kind of wanting that that revenge of being able to beat a big a big team on the road as well so I think that this is going to be a really motivated Auburn team and I think you're going to see a dogfight for 40 minutes so I I don't expect to see a blowout and I kind of expect to see Auburn cover this spread too two and seven your last nine games your two wins were by an average of four points you beat them by five 67-62 67-62 in February of 2022. And then last year we told you 46-43. to 43. So an average of four points. None of those games, of course, over five points. And that's even when you, you won, right? Of course, when you lost, you, you actually were on the wrong side of a couple blowouts against, against Bruce and Auburn. On one hand, I think that means Tennessee's kind of due to kind of exercise this demon a little bit. Get the demon out there running around and sweating and, and lifting weights and doing some sit-ups. But on the other, it just tells me to prepare for just an ugly, grinded-out game because that's kind of the style of basketball Bruce plays. We got to get him. I mean, because also, you look at the remainder of their schedule after tonight, they're at home against Mississippi State, who now that was a costly loss for them last night. Then at Missouri, and then at home again against Georgia. It's not a not a tough run for them. Yeah, throughout the show, we'll we'll, we'll circle back and kind of look at the big picture of the SEC championship race and and kind of the scenarios here that play out. But yeah, this is a huge game. Auburn controls their own destiny. You know, if they can take care of business tonight. They will be in, in a really good position. I don't know if they win the tiebreaker over Alabama, so maybe I shouldn't have said controls are on destiny. But they're the, they're the best equipped. They yeah. they become maybe the favorites if they win tonight, or at least right there tied with everybody. I'm thinking back on Tennessee. Like, is it impressive that Tennessee has made close games look not close at the end? Do you give credit to Tennessee? Because I do think they've been tested. I do think there have been some games that have been close. It's just that none of the final scores look very close. It does feel like, like when you said that, it really felt like we've played a lot more close games than, you know, than the final scores are in indicating. <laughs> well, North Carolina State was a two-point game with five minutes left. Yeah. And Tennessee pulled away and won by nine. Like, Illinois, I believe, was... A tie game with, like, five minutes left. I remember Connect hitting a couple big shots. I'll, I'll go through and verify that. But it it feels like they have been tested. It's just that they have responded to the test. I would say they've even been tested in these games where we're not happy with how they're playing. You know, I mean, Georgia's a good example. Missouri's another example. Um, honestly, Vanderbilt, the first half at Vandy. Um 
but again, the difference between this team and what we've seen in the past is they turned they they flipped that switch in the second half and turned things around. So I do think they've been tested in different ways, and they've they've had to work through problems on their own side, and uh, and they've done it overall. There's been times where they haven't, obviously, and those have resulted in losses and pretty bad ones. But overall. They've won a lot of games that in previous years I would feel certain they were going to lose. Yeah. I misremember the Illinois game. It was a three-point game with 12.40 left, but then Tennessee kind of got some separation, and it kind of kept them at 9-11. to 11. Yeah, you know, as I recall, we were getting re- – I think we were leaving like fans tend to do. It, there was enough of a gap that we left like a minute or two left in the game. And you could, as you're walking out on the mezzanine level, you could hear Illinois getting a bucket here, a bucket there to kind of tighten the gap a little bit, hitting some free throws, things like that. But um, Beat the traffic, Bob. Yeah, they hit a, a layup with a minute left to cut it to five, but then yeah. you just played the free throw game and got right. stops. and they, they didn't really get within five points. You took care of business. So, yeah, I misremembered that game. But North Carolina State was a dogfight. Wisconsin, that was another one that I thought that, you know, was a pretty tight game around the five-minute mark that Tennessee pulled away from and ended up winning by ten points, if I remember that one correctly. That's right. I still think that's the – let's think about that very quickly. Is that the best road win they've had this year? I think Kentucky's a better road win. Well, yeah, that's true. Kentucky. Kentucky's a better road win. I just keep thinking how hard it is to play in Madison, but you're right. I'd take Kentucky over whiskey. And they've been pretty bad down the stretch. Wisconsin floundering. Like God, they lost Indiana last night, which is not a that's not a good sign. Yeah, it's a good thing that they were kind of solidified as a quad one win because it's no longer thought of as like a top. At one point, it looked like Tennessee had you know some of the best road wins in the country. And and now like, that one's that one's gone. That one that one doesn't really impress people across the country anymore. Hour one in the books. We'll kick off hour two with some things you missed from yesterday. Going to talk some hoops with stats by Will in hour two. Going to look at the SEC race. We'll even take some of your phone calls if you want to weigh in. It's the morning show here on Fan Run Radio. Ever been the co 